morning. It's December 9th, and welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion of the book by the same name. Today's title is Death into Life. Do not ever judge death from what you see. The body is only an empty shell, twitching at times, missing its inhabitant. Alison Stormwolf. Skip this devotional if you're squeamish. Doing life, for most, rarely involves any intimate study of the opposite, that is to say, being dead. The dissection of a cadaver is a strange and unique experience that left me as a medical student with indelible images imprinted on my memory and a perspective denied the rest of humanity. It is perhaps only in retrospect that physicians recognize what we've really learned. True, we learn the details of what a marvelous machine is the human body, but we also learn, through its stark absence, that the soul is who we are. When we treat our living patients, it is perhaps their difference from the cadaver, not their similarity, that provides the greater guide for our decision-making. Most of the first two years of medical school involve taking notes and asking questions in a lecture hall. There is, however, some laboratory work. Laboratory work, huh? You visualize glass speakers, Bunsen burners, etched and stained countertops and sinks, bad odors, and just a hint of the gorgeous day outside peeking in through the filthy windows, right? Well, you get partial credit for the odors. Try 30 naked, dripping, rigid, slippery bodies, reeking of formalin, all lying on metal tables. Now imagine the task of cutting away sequential portions of them for the next six months. Mind you, before walking into this lab for the first time, all of us were fairly close to being normal people. By that I mean the only dead people we had seen were impeccably dressed in open caskets, and the body usually belonged to someone we had held dear. Of course, some of us, myself included, had never even seen that. None of us had a clue as to what to expect. I clearly remember walking in and seeing the gleaming metal tables and wondering when and where the actual cadavers came into play. They were inside and raised to the surface of the formalin hydraulically. I don't recall which of us had the honor of making the first incisions, but I do recall thinking during the process that perhaps I had made a very, very serious error in career choice. Despite the ghastly appearance of our specimen with her yellowish-gray, slippery skin, the texture of shoe leather, her few wisps of gray hair, the incredible weight of her obese, rigid extremities, and that overpowering odor, we put aside our natural aversion for the task and began our study in earnest. I will spare you the details, but over the course of the next six months, our cadaver taught us much about both the human condition and the human body. Obesity became much more of a negative reinforcement for our own health habits, as her liquefying fat made dissection of her corpse infinitely more difficult and repulsive than that of the emaciated old male cadaver at the next table over. The carbonization of her lungs by cigarette tar, the cholesterol plaque in her major arteries, the cirrhotic changes of her liver, all served as potent memorials to the dangers of smoking, overeating, overdrinking, and under-exercising. Perhaps the most pervasive memory, however, was the daily recognition that our, quote, specimen, unquote, had been a real, live person, in many ways just like us, only a short time ago. Even those who claim to be agnostics will tell you that this particular medical school experience, perhaps more than any other, impresses one with the mystery of the animating force in humans. 
For me, it made belief in a supernatural creator the only logical conclusion. But the gross anatomy class also impressed one with the vulnerability of the human body to all of the abuses we regularly subject it to. It is much harder to overeat, smoke, drink too much, etc., once you've literally held the result in your hands. So in studying the dead, we learn to appreciate what an incredible gift our lives are, both spiritually and physically. First, one realizes immediately that the soul is very real, for its absence is striking. Second, one understands that when this life is over, followers of Christ will leave this shell behind and rise in a new body for eternity, Philippians 3.21. Finally, one realizes that America is overweight and suffering from multiple addictions to a greater extent than any other comparable Western nation. When we consider that peace comes from loving God and loving each other, let us not forget to love ourselves in the process. It's much harder to love God when you neglect your health, for you are trampling on one of his most magnificent gifts, 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. If indeed the chief end of man is to glorify God, as the Westminster Catechism teaches us, then we would do well to start with some exercise. Consider your body a Christmas gift this year and start taking care of it. Dear Heavenly Father, direct your spirit to remind us daily that we are made in your image and destroying our bodies through neglect and addiction is the very definition of loving the world and not honoring you. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow.